lot that we need to cover this morning. It's not, um, it's not so much that I want to cover the, um, uh, all of the notes, and of course I'm quite ready to share the notes. That's no, no problem there, that's not the issue. It's what's been on my mind and on my heart all this week. There's something that the Lord showed me this week that I thought that was very important. And we're in John the 17th chapter. And in John the 17th chapter, um, I'm going to walk you through this, and I trust that that God will really keep your heart and your mind open to, and I'll try not to be complicated in what I'm going to say this morning. Um, let's bow in prayer. Father, as we come to this, uh, this time, we just pray that you are leading guide us. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for the insight and being able to connect some things that I have not seen in years. Now help me to clearly articulate it, share it with your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. amen. As we uh, come and we look at uh, embracing our oneness in Christ, then as we deal with this, we want to do a review. And we see that Christ is struggling. Jesus is doing what? He's praying for us. It's, it's not like the, the, the murals that they had where he's, he's kneeling down on, on a rock there and he's praying. No, there's a lot of ways. He was agonizing for us. My intent this morning is to show you why he was agonizing so much as we try to move toward and uh, closer to this series. And so uh, as we look at it, let's read this together. John 17, 21. That they all may be one, just you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You see the reason why? You see the reason for our oneness? The reason for our oneness is that in the course of our oneness, the world will believe that God has sent Jesus Christ. They accept Jesus Christ, they are saved from the wrath to come. It's coming very soon. So we, we, we'll go with the, with the preview. And with the preview, we have gone about, he prayed for our security and oneness. Uh, keep them in your name that thy, thy may be one even as we are one. He prayed that we may have his fulfilling joy. He prayed that we should be kept from the evil one, Satan. He prayed to set us apart, send us to the work in a, a dying world. He prayed to set us apart in the truth. He prayed to make this the norm for every believer. These are the seven things he prayed for. So as we look at the chapter 17, he's praying for all of these things. 
all of these things. This morning, I'm backing up. And the reason I'm backing up is because there's one that I really want to just elaborate on for a while. Let me just go back. And the one that I really want to elaborate on is this one right here, the evil one. You see, I, I put the word Satan. But if I didn't put the word Satan, notice that this didn't say a evil one. It said what? The evil one. Here's what, I, here's what is imp it's important. What's important is that whenever a word is put out there, you should form an image in your mind in order for clarity and operation. For instance, if I said banana, you shouldn't see the word. Do you see a banana? Hopefully you see a banana. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll use another word. Uh, President Obama, can you see his face? Okay. A Fuji Kabasa. How many of you can see a Fuji Kabasa? Look out for the a Fuji Kabasa, for it's on its way. All right? Now, let me give you the image. A Fuji Kabasa. This is a what? Whenever you hear that word, remember what you have just seen. Okay, what is it? Keep them from the Afuji Kabasa. You see what immediately comes to your mind? The, the, the picture comes into your mind. And so Jesus Christ prayed, and, and each time when we read, read the scripture, we say, keep them from the evil one. And, and the Bible, as it said that, we said, okay, I put the word Satan there, but it doesn't say Satan. It says the evil one. He doesn't explain it at that point. And that's why I wanted to just kind of elaborate on this because I think this is very important. Uh, let me go uh, ahead because we go, went over that. Here's our outline. The pro profile of the evil one. Then the process of our oneness. And then the proof of its presence. I'm not breaking my neck to finish the three. I want you to understand the first one. Because this is the first one that's knocking a whole lot of things out. Matter of fact, I wouldn't be a bit surprised that he have a lot of you all's mind right now. And you don't even know it. Let me prove it. The profile of the evil one. That's what he prayed for, right? And Jesus Christ said, keep each one of you from not demons. Lord, keep them from the evil one. What's the first word that you want to use? What is it? Why? What is it? Now, in it, it says, John 17, 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the, uh, the evil one. And when you think about the evil one, you, you see that it's, it's a lion. Now, how do I know that it's a lion? Because scripture talks about it, right? Uh, it represents who? Satan. It's a picture of Satan. And when we talk about this whole idea of, of, of Satan, then we see this word, be sober-minded, be watchful for your adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Nice little picture, isn't it? It's a cute picture. That's not what Satan... See, 
If you like that, Satan would love for you to keep that little picture in your mind. He's walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You see, whenever a lion comes after you, his goal is to take you down. And what a lion does is that he will try to get you and cut off your air so that you can't breathe. Once you cannot breathe with these canine teeth and everything else, he'll cut you down. You're, you're gone. It's, it's not, that's why I said devour. It's not bite. It is devour. Have you been bitten by Satan lately? And you know what the answer is? I don't think so. I don't know. By the time we finish, I'll show you how, I'll show you how you've been bitten. Because you see, it's not like, this is not what he should. Here's what he looks like. Your adversary, the devil, walk about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Whenever you see the word roaring lion, forget about something standing on a mountain and think about him up in your face. It doesn't have to be in, at night either. It looks a little bit more intimidating now, doesn't it? And guess what? He's, he's here and you can't even see him. And that's the way he wants you to see it. Oh, you want to see a devil with a little horn? Good, he wants you to be that. Think about him as a devil with a horn with, with tails and everything. That's good. Because by that time, you don't realize that you've already been bitten. Areas of Satan's attack. In the spirit realm, abiding in Christ. Prayer life. Bible study. Obedience to the word. Spiritual growth. And these sound familiar. Whenever Satan, whenever Satan starts the attack, he always attacks us in the spiritual realm. Our Bible. How's your Bible study? How's your prayer life? What things you have chosen not to obey God in? Does it bother you? You know the thing that thrills my heart? When believers are under conviction and they talk about the thing that's bothering them. And I say, that's good. And they say, well, good? What do you mean good? I said, because unbelievers, it doesn't bother them a bit. They don't worry about prayer and, and abiding in Christ and those other things. But, but believers, when, when you start getting away from the Father, you start feeling, you start feeling distant. In the physical realm, your thought life, your priorities, your commitment, your words, your level of peace, your works.
as we as we look at all of this, these are the areas that he started coming in on you and he started attacking you in these particular areas. Now I'm highlighting this, but I, I'm just starting on the evil one because I'm gonna show you how he attacked. Here's, here's, this, these are the areas, but how does he attack? What did he do? What does he do? You don't feel like it if you don't, you know, there's no lying bites around you or anything else. Don't, you, you look like you're whole. How is it that I'm not being uh, devoured by Satan? He says, notice what it says in John 12, 40. Let's read it. He has blinded their eyes and have hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn from the, and I will heal them. This word turn is repentance. It says, the one of the reasons, one of the things that Satan wants to do is that you do not see with your eyes and understand with your, with your heart. If I never showed you this Fuji Kabasa, you couldn't put it together. It would just be another word around, but now I've shown you what a, a Fuji Kabasa is. Don't forget it. Evil one, what he wants to do is to make sure that you don't see who he is and above all who God is. When it says that Jesus Christ came in the darkness, it wasn't physically dark. Men were blind. They saw him but didn't see him. He heard, they heard the preaching and everything else, but they couldn't connect. They saw the miracles but never accepted it. They were blinded by the God of this world. The evil one, the first thing he does is put out your sight. Second Corinthians 4 4. Let's read it. How does this work? See, in this case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light. Remember, Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world, of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of who? He says, the God of this world, Satan, have, have blinded them. The world doesn't know that Satan have attacked them. They failed to see it. 1 John 2.11, what does it say? Now, wait a minute. You say, well, praise the Lord. I'm saved now, therefore I can't be black. Oh, yes, you can. The moment that you come to know Jesus Christ, yes, you come to know Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world, and you are saved. That's the promise. 
But then, too, Satan can come in and blind you again. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The evil one has taken over. And individuals can't see that. They can't grasp the picture. It's, it's, not, it's not coming clear to them. It doesn't bother them that this creature, Satan, is in your face. I keep driving it home so you won't forget it. Second Peter 1.8, what does it say? These qualities of yours and are increasing. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, above that, it's talking about add to your faith virtue and virtue praise, etc. So if these things are doing, if you're doing those things, fine. But wait a minute. If you're not doing it, watch this. For whosoever what lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is. He's blind and have forgotten that he has been cleansed from his former sins. Satan has come along. He says, Father, I pray that you keep them from the evil one. For well, his first attack is to blind you. You get a blind Christian, they can do, they can do Christian work. They can do a whole lot of good things and still can't see how far they have drifted from the Lord. Beware of the Pharisees and all of the others. Oh, they were religious. They knew the law all the way down to the jot and the tittle. But he says, you blind leading the blind. They were blind. And because of their blindness, they became greedy. And your eyes is the lamp of your body. Here's what Jesus is saying. When your eye is healthy, your body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful lest the light in you be what? He said, be careful. Be careful for the light in you. Because remember, Jesus Christ said, ye are the light of the what? Let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. They start seeing Jesus Christ operating in, their, in your life. Instead of what they start wondering, what is it? And, that, and how is it that you're acting different from us? You talk different. You don't respond like anybody else. They see it. And you share with them the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit comes and cut the light on. And then they see. And they believe. But if you let Satan, the evil one, when the evil one attacks, they don't see that in your life. Let's read this. 
If then your whole body is full of light, having no part darkness, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp that is raised gives you light. So what happens is, every time that you look at things, you receive images. You do not forget, you don't forget the image. Oh, no, okay, now watch this. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. All this time I'm thinking, you know, Lord, wait a minute. Where am I going to see God? When I, uh, when I get the glory? I said, no, no, just keep walking, keep walking. You see, you don't understand. Seeing me is not seeing me physically. Don't you understand? The more you get into the word, the more you see that I am a holy God. I'm a loving God. I'm a merciful God. I'm a God that does not play. I'm a God who rewards. I'm a God who planned out your whole future. Do you see that in me? Yes, Lord. Then as you see that in me, I want you to follow me. There's no, your agenda is not, is not yours. I'm the one that sets your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Do you see? I see that, Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? Those who are blind said, I can't see what's going to happen to me tomorrow. I can't understand what's going on around me. And he said, why are you so peaceful? And you say, because God is in control. And when you see him, when you walk into the uh, uh, sick room, or when you're going through your storms, your eyes is not on the storm, it's on the Savior. He was teaching to the disciples, here I'm going to take you through the storms. Here, Peter walked on the water, and Peter walked on the water, and when he went down to the water, he says, he says oh, thou of little faith. You don't see it yet. You're so concerned about dying in the water than me pulling you out of the water. I need you to see me. There's a song, Let Me See Jesus Only. Only he can satisfy. The process of our oneness. Jesus' prayer clearly described the importance of our oneness. The results of the prayer for oneness will cause the world to believe that Jesus Christ is God's son. When, when we, and this, this message all sets for the tone for the whole year. When we talk about the process of our oneness, when the world sees that we are one, uh, then what it does, it really glorifies the, the Father. He says, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. John 17, 22. The glory that you have given me I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I am in them and uh, you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. It says there's something else the world will know. Not only that you sent me, that you love them, that's you, just like you love me. The profile of his presence. 
It says there's three important things that Jesus prayed for in these last three verses. One, that we should be present to see him in his glory. He, he prayed that, of course, and we understand in the context, he's praying about the disciples and everything else. We also pray, I pray, Lord, that they, get this now, it says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. He says, I want them to see it. Affirmation of the reality of knowing God's Father and his impact on the disciples. John 17, 25. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. The ultimate product of God's love being formed in the disciples, uh, uh, disciples in us. It says, John 17, 26. I, that I may know, uh, made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love of which you have, have loved me may be in them and I in them. Here, Jesus Christ, for John, the 17th chapter, he dealt with being the same, equal with God, being glorified with God. He dealt with us. He dealt with the fact that he dealt with the area of demonology. He dealt with Satan and explained the fact of, of Satan. He's, he's called the evil one. He says, Father, keep them, get this now, keep them from the evil one. You want to see an example of what happens when the evil one get a hold of you? Ask Judas, Iscariot. When Satan entered him, It wasn't at the garden that he betrayed Christ. He had 30 pieces of silver in his pocket because it was there. He got a loan. And for 30 pieces of silver, after hanging out with Jesus Christ for close to three years, he sold him out for, threw him under the bus for 30 pieces of silver. He was blind. In his dying hour, he said, I have betrayed an innocent man. Here's, here's the problem. He confessed it, but never repented. There is a point where individuals confess things, but never turn. It was too late for him to turn anyway. I'm dealing with a person right now, and I told you that I've been dealing with him for over 20 years, and he's, he kept saying, I don't know, um, I don't, he don't understand, he has been blinded. I keep going back to this, and it's, and it's messing up the family and everything else. And when I meet with him, I said, we're going to go over this whole idea of Satan. Satan got a hold of your mind. You have been blinded, man. You know why you have been blinded? Because you didn't take the first step in, in Peter where it says, add to your first faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. You didn't really get to know God. It's what you didn't do is why you're going through stuff right now. You're going to already be battling Satan because he hates you. It's bad enough that you let him into your head 
because you wandered away from the Lord. My, my, my concern is when Jesus prayed this prayer for us, my concern is our understanding that Jesus' prayers always gets answered. Don't it? So he said, Father, keep them. Cynthia, Laverne, the Morrisons, see, the Taylors, et cetera, said, keep them from the evil one. Keep them from, don't let Satan get their minds and blind them. You know, I never, I never heard of it. I used to live out in Augie Garden. I, I never heard of it until one day I saw it. I heard uh, people who live on, on a farm about uh, cutting a, a chicken head off and the chicken still running around. And then it happened out in Augie Garden. She's like, you run around with your chick. And, I, and right now, my mind he goes right back to that scene. That scared brother so fat, so bad. I never seen a chicken with his head off running around. And I wanted to make sure that wherever it running, I can run toward me. I said, I'm, I'm, I'll eat you when you're dead. But right now, <laughs> I'll mess around with live, live things. I, I, I mean, he ran that way, I ran that way, you know. <laughs> Satan wants to get ahead of us, and we're running, and we're confused. And like I, I, I told the person, and I've told you many a time, he said, well, what shall I do? I said, you're in the medical profession. You know what you should do. When your clothes are on fire, what are the three things you're supposed to do? Stop. Next, and, and I didn't say rock and roll. I said stop, drop, and roll. Stop what you're doing. Drop to your knees and roll it over to the Lord. If you don't do that, you've disobeyed God. Now what do you want to do? You want him to solve your problems and you disobeyed him concerning the word? And Satan says, don't worry about that. He, he don't mind one step being missing. You think so, devil? Yeah, that's right, let's go. And guess what? We listen. And we're so perplexed and, and stressed out and all of the unnecessary problems we're going through. And he's prayed for us. Why would the Lord tell us to rejoice in the Lord always if he does not set up something for us to be able to rejoice in him? It does not mean we'll always be in great circumstances and everything will be fine. But he does not want you to understand some things. In the spiritual realm, he is God. In the spiritual realm, he loves us just like he loved Jesus. In the spiritual realm, it's forever. It'll never be changed. Satan knows that, and he hates each one of us. So my question is this. 
Have you let Satan talk you into doing your own thing? Have you been making up your plans, doing things your way? Do you have time for God? You mean he have done all of this for us? And we have not cut out the time? You know, I close on this note. One passage of scripture that says this, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Two extremes. Extreme one, to grieve God, he first has to really love you. Sinners anger God. Saints grieve God. When you love someone and they do something, it breaks your heart. It brings to tears because you expect better, you want better. You become grieved. And Scripture says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to teach us and to get us home. If we had that type of relationship with the Holy Spirit, do you think Satan's going to walk into something like that? This is whereby, here's the other extreme, ye are sealed. Whether you act crazy or not, you're sealed. The crazy sealed. You're sealed until the day of redemption. When the Lord takes, bring us all home. No more correcting. No more reversing anything. We get home. We give an answer. And we go before the Father. I can't imagine what that is. I, I trust that all of us begin to work on that. I, I, re I really do. And as we close this morning. I don't know where you are. I don't know what type of preparation you have made. But beware of not the of Fuji Kabasa. Uh, no, 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 no. That's not what I want you to beware of. Beware of the evil one, the devil, the roaring lion up in your face, seeking whom he may devour. As we bow in prayer, God speaking to your heart and saying, you're walking too far behind. You're supposed to be walking here, but you have made some decisions that you're walking too far behind me, and you should be walking with me. Maybe God's been speaking to you about that in your life. I would like to pray for you this morning. I don't want you... Notice, it doesn't say a lion bite. I don't want you to be devoured. It, it, it's bad when the church is at that stake. He, he, he talked about the church of Sardis. He says, you, you have a name, but you are, are naked and blind.
talked about the church of Pergamos. He talked about the seven churches and each one. One was doing great work, but they forgot Jesus. He said, Lord, I got something against you too. You're doing a great work, but you left me out of it. Any others? If God's speaking to your heart, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father God, I just want to thank you for this time together with the saints. Help us understand that you want us to embrace the oneness that you have brought us into. The oneness, Lord, that you um, want to make happen in our lives. Oh, dear Lord, you're gracious. We love you. And we want to, Lord, um, we want to lift you up and walk before you. Lord, help us to examine ourselves and help us to turn around and be where we should be. And if there be one that do not know Jesus Christ, I Lord, pray, Lord, that you would turn on the light, that they may see that they're a sinner, that they can't save themselves, that they may see that Jesus Christ died for their sins, and that they will take the actions of asking to be saved, have their sins washed away, to become yours. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. One other thing, I just want to give you a little list here. Oh, hold on.